This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 756. How to Boost Desire Using the Psychology of Scarcity by Yukai Chu with nearandfar.com. And I'm Dan, I'm your host here and your narrator, bringing you blog posts in audio form every single day to help you improve your business life. And with that, we're gonna get right to it today as we optimize your life. How to Boost Desire Using the Psychology of Scarcity by Yukai Chu with nearandfar.com. Interested in boosting customer desire? A classic study that demonstrates the psychology of scarcity reveals an interesting quirk of human behavior that may hold a clue. In 1975, researchers Warchel, Lee, and Adewol wanted to know how people would value cookies in two identical glass jars. One jar held 10 cookies, while the other contained just two stragglers. Which cookies would people value more? Though the cookies and jars were identical, participants valued the ones in the near-empty jar more highly. Scarcity had somehow affected their perception of value. There are many theories as to why this was the case. For one, scarcity may signal something about the product. If there are less of an item, the thinking goes, it might be because other people know something you don't. Namely, the cookies in the almost empty jar are the num-nummier choice. It's about context. Classical economic theory starts with two key assumptions. First, consumers are armed with perfect information. Second, people behave rationally. However, in the real world, these two conditions are more the exception than the rule. In fact, marketers do their best to trigger cognitive quirks, like the scarcity heuristic, to influence behavior. Even though it may make no objective difference regarding what is actually being sold, marketers know context matters just as much as the product itself. The near-empty jar with just two cookies left in it conveys valuable, albeit irrelevant, information. For another example of the importance of context, consider what happened when the world-class violinist Joshua Bell decided to play a free, impromptu concert in the Washington, D.C. subway. Bell regularly sells out venues like the Kennedy Center and Carnegie Hall for hundreds of dollars per ticket, but placed in the context of the D.C. subway, his music fell upon deaf ears. Almost nobody knew they were walking past one of the most talented musicians in the world. When Bell gave away his concert for free, few stopped to listen. But when he charges Boku bucks, his music becomes a rarefied commodity and thousands of people pay up. Can the same principles of scarcity and context make technology products more desirable? You bet your sweet cookies they can. The slow roll. In its early days, Facebook was only available to Harvard students. Then the service rolled out to the Ivy League. Soon, Facebook was made available to college students nationwide. Then came high school kids and later employees at select companies. Finally, in September of 2006, 
Facebook was open to the world. Today, Facebook is used by over a billion people, but its early invitees were among a small, exclusive group. As the service grew in popularity, others wanted in too. Though it ultimately worked to his advantage, it is unclear if Zuck knew what he was doing. In a vintage video, the Facebook founder described his intent to keep the service just for college kids. We will never know if Facebook's scarcity strategy was intentional or not, but the fact remains, it worked. The buzz soon grew about the social network made by, and only available to, Ivy Kids. When scarcity is a feature, as was the case for early Facebook converts, the service's limited access increased its appeal. Today, Quib, an online discussion board frequented by a select cadre of tech professionals and entrepreneurs, provides a more recent example of the scarcity heuristic at work. Quib is curated by its founder, Sandy McPherson, who personally decides who gets in and who stays out. McPherson turns away far more people than she accepts, and getting her approval is equivalent to getting past the velvet rope of an exclusive nightclub, that is, if the nightclub were full of tech geeks. McPherson wrote in an email interview, quote, when it comes to professional content, I believe that it actually matters who you are, end quote. McPherson says she did not build Quib to be a big company, although it might end up being one someday. Her intent was to create a place for people she thinks are interesting to communicate with one another. McPherson gets the satisfaction of listening in. McPherson set out to filter out the noise of open communities like Hacker News and Reddit by only letting select people join the community. For Quib members, the scarcity of the invites McPherson doles out is a virtue of the service. Scarcity gone wrong. Facebook and Quib provide examples of how exclusivity can increase appeal, but earlier this year, two companies showed how scarcity can backfire. Mailbox and Tempo, both iOS productivity apps, released their services to small groups of users. If you were not at the front of the line, you had to wait for an indefinite period of time. The only condolences when you opened either app was to see how many people were ahead of you in the queue. Only 21,000 people to go and you're in. Mailbox's attempt at damage control came in the form of a blog post explaining their rollout plans. At the center of the plea for patience was what appeared to be a hand-drawn yellow post-it note. As if sketched in the nick of time to placate the angry mobs, an exponential curve showed that soon the company would accept many more users. But unlike in the case of Facebook, Frustrated customers punished Mailbox for the wait. They trashed the app by writing poor reviews despite never having actually used it. As for Tempo, CEO Raj Singh said his app's waitlist was a response to its unexpected popularity. In an email interview, Singh wrote, quote, We misestimated demand for Tempo by 24x. End quote. Expressing his regret, Singh continued, quote, there may have been some velvet rope effect, but trust me, that was absolutely not the intention. We probably lost around 100,000 registered users as a result of the line. End quote. So why the difference in the response to Facebook versus Tempo or Mailbox? For one, it's not clear things turned out all that bad. After all, Mailbox was snatched up by Dropbox in a rumored $100 million acquisition, and Tempo just raised a respectable wad of cash. Nonetheless, as these examples show, scarcity made some people lust while making others livid. But why? Here again, the 1975 cookie jar study provides some clues. In the second part of their experiment, Warshall, Lee, and Adewal wanted to know what would happen to the perception of the value of cookies if they suddenly became scarce or abundant. Groups of study participants were given either jars with two cookies or 10. Then the people in the group with 10 cookies suddenly had eight taken away. 
Conversely, those with only two cookies had eight new cookies added to their jars. The researchers showed that consistent with the scarcity heuristic, the group left with only two cookies rated them to be more valuable. However, those who got more cookies, experiencing sudden abundance by going from two to 10, actually valued the cookies the least. In fact, they valued the cookies even lower than those people who had started with 10 cookies to begin with. The study showed that a product can decrease in perceived value if it starts off as scarce, then becomes abundant. Sound familiar? Doing it right. To potential users, Mailbox and Tempo's scarcity backfired, at least in the short term. Attempts to placate users by telling them about the technical limitations of load testing obviously didn't cut it. Instead, the message received was akin to, this is going out to the cool kids now and the rest of you plebes, well, we'll see. In contrast, Facebook and Quib never made any appeals for patience or promises of expanding to the masses. Their products started out as scarce and the founders closely guarded the perception that they will remain so. When asked about his expansion plans past Harvard, Zuckerberg said, quote, there doesn't necessarily have to be more, end quote. Of course, there was much, much more. Young Zuck masterfully explained Facebook's small footprint at the time as a necessity to providing the level of service he wants to give to his users, typifying the lesson that for scarcity to increase perceived value, it must be a feature of the product, not a bug. You just listened to the post titled How to Boost Desire Using the Psychology of Scarcity by Yukai Chu with nearandfar.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. So just go to indeed.com startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com startup. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And thank you to Yukai, who is a guest writer on Near and Far, for the great post today. And thank you to Near, spelled N-I-R, just like his site. He has so many qualifications, but I'm gonna name just a few of them for you. Near holds a degree from Stanford Graduate School of Business, has sold multiple companies, taught at two different schools at Stanford, and is a best-selling author. You can find his book, Indistractable, on Amazon, and he's got an excellent blog as well, which is where I'm reading from today. That is at nearandfar.com. And for more insights on using psychology to change behavior, sign up for Near's newsletter and get a free workbook also at nearandfar.com. And again, Near is spelled N-I-R like his name. 
And again, thanks to Nir for letting us share his work for years now. But that's going to do it for another edition of Optimal Startup Daily. I hope you enjoyed the post and uh, that you'll be back again with me tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.